Let's Go Racing Family Podcast, sharing our love for NASCAR, running, and just racing through life. Hosted by Sebastian, Giovanni, Karen, Tony, and me, Johan. Each week, we'll talk about our view of the world through the lens of racing. We just had a, another race at New Hampshire, and I think the ends of the stages were pretty good, especially stage two. I like that ending with Brad and Denny bumping each other to the finish. Yeah, it was a fun race, actually, and it, I cannot remember another New Hampshire race where the it was just something that was that memorable, and I think that this race kind of did that. I thought it was also... Uh, important to note that this was one of the bigger fan attended races uh, since the return of, of racing uh, because of all of COVID. Uh, I thought they actually did a great job with the fans. They actually had them pretty evenly spaced. Uh, so it actually kind of felt almost like a normal race in a way because you actually saw fans all around the track. Yes. So that was that was really cool getting to see all the fans. So um, anyway, jumping into the race, uh, Denny Hamlin won stage one. And uh, yeah, but before we get into stage one, let, let's back up a second and let's give, you know, the number 18's number one fan here a chance to try to defend what is going on over there in the pedigree number 18. I almost forgot about that. I do not know. I my superstitious side of me is feeling like 2020 is punishing Kyle Busch for some reason. I don't know why. Literally, this race was jinx for him. Everyone was talking about how, oh, Kyle Busch, he might have a first win this season. Yeah, I'm putting my money on Kyle Busch. Literally, the first commercial break after we go to, after we go green. Caution. We cut back to Kyle Busch wrecked and out of the race. And I'm like, what? It was literally Wait, hold on, 16 hold on. laps into the race. Johan, what color was his uniform? Because we've noticed a pattern, right? When he was wearing the purple M&Ms. But it, was it purple? Was that the problem? No. His paint scheme today was a yellow paint scheme similar to his M&Ms and M&Ms minis from Pocono and then Daytona early in the season. But this was like my favorite Kyle Busch car because it has a dog and I'm a dog person. But but so but it wasn't the purple uniform because I think you guys were trying to say that last time. Well, it, it's this purple M and M's paint scheme that's throwing them off. But that clearly wasn't the case today. It the problem was is that Kyle Busch didn't have the yellow M and M's. I think if he had the yellow M and M's like he did in the All Star race, he would have been able to do good today. Hey, will this cheer you up? He may um he may win the championship next year. Because Joby Logano won the championship in 2018 after missing the playoffs, not getting a win that season, and then the next season coming back and winning the championship. So I think Kyle has a pretty good shot at winning 2021. I hope so. So Johan has already written him off. He's already said he's not making the playoffs. I'm like, nah. I think he'll make the playoffs somehow unless we get some unique winners like say a Bubba Wallace or Jimmy Johnson winning because he's still in right he's yeah. still in the playoffs per se if Jimmy today. no he's no in... but Kyle Bush oh yeah is. Kyle is what place is he in right now I think like 13th okay so I mean he's technically in the playoffs but yes you're right he doesn't have a win and I I, I actually you know we've been talking about this for the last few weeks and I've, I've kind of like it's Kyle Bush he'll turn it around 
but we're getting closer and closer to the playoffs and he's still not winning. He's still not performing at all. And I'm just, I'm blown away. I'm surprised. This is one of the most surprising storylines in the entire season for me is the fact that your 18 driver has not been able to turn it around. Uh, I still have faith in him. I still think he can get hot very quickly. Uh, something that we can talk a little bit more about later is the fact that there were some polls that fans and, and, and NASCAR news outlets had put out this week about who is like the most talented or the best driver in all of NASCAR. And I think for current drivers, Kyle Busch was on top. And I think that was voted on by other drivers. So he's definitely still one of the most talented drivers out there. And if anybody can turn it around, it's just he's been consistently not good. Uh, and it just feels like he he starts to build up a little momentum. He was getting, what was it, a couple of top fives, top tens the last couple of weeks, and then just another one. And he actually Downhill. ended up finishing in last place, 38th, which is crazy. The defending champion coming in dead last. Wow. About that greatest driver thing. Jimmy Johnson's the greatest driver. Oh, great. Stop? Here Do we, we go. Need to go into this again. Let me just tell you, okay? I don't know who was voting for it, but if Dale Earnhardt isn't the number one or two person on that list, then I don't think I want to talk. That list isn't valid. You, you know what we should do? We should just have a special episode, short special episode where we discuss who's the greatest driver. All right. Maybe we'll do that at the end of the season because we still got to see what Jimmy does. Like if, he, Jimmy, if he wins an eighth championship, you know, then maybe reasonable, reasonable. maybe all bets are off. So, okay, so Kyle Busch clearly not having, he doesn't even make it to lap 20, and he's already out. And this is a 301 uh, lap race. So then take us to the end of stage one you were telling us. Denny Hamlin won, and he actually drove back up after a pit stop on lap 12, where he kind of got shuffled out. So it wouldn't be NASCAR 2020 if we didn't have some form of a rain delay. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, about 10 laps after the first stage ended. And we're like, oh, goodness, more rain. The funny thing was, I'm pretty sure as soon as the race started, the like rain kind of just dodged our, our house and just dodged Florida. And it was like, mm, NASCAR race, time to go rain on some more races. And then next thing you know, lap, uh, what was it? Lap. I think it was like lap 94. Yeah, the rain came. The rain came. and uh, But it was it was it was short lived. Which was good. I actually thought, oh no, this is gonna. I was starting to think about what we're gonna watch. While I know we when they first when they first um called the caution for the rain, I was like, it's not even raining. Like when they were showing, and then all of a sudden they panned over to camera on the car, and it was like really bad. Like it was really really um heavy rain. So at first I thought it wasn't a real thing, and then when I saw the cars, I was like, oh no. But yeah, uh, and did they even get out of the cars? I don't even think I remember seeing them get out no. of the cars. No, so, it was pretty no. short really because short-lived. actually I didn't I like didn't pay attention when they went on the caution. And then the next thing I know, there were cars on the track. And I asked Sebastian, oh, what are we watching? Is this like a replay from like last week? He goes, no, they're back green. I'm like, what? So it wasn't really that long of a rain delay. And they got everything dry pretty quickly because I didn't even I don't even remember seeing any. uh I don't remember seeing any uh, jet, dryers. Drying, jet dryers. Yeah, it was just 
you had the um rain, then commercial break, and then they went straight back to racing. It was so weird for a rain delay. Well, anything can happen at the Magic Mile. Did we ever find out, by the way, why they call it the Magic Mile? Because there were celebrities that were tweeting about it. Um, Rutledge was talking about it, but I don't think they. I don't think there's an went. actual reason as to why they were speculating, and I just heard throughout the race like different like theories as to why it's the Magic Mile, but. I don't think anybody actually came with a conclusive <laughs> like reason why it's called there's the Magic be Mile. Because there's got to be it, what cracks me up is no one could get you an answer. Yet they literally painted part of the you know the walls Magic Mile. So it's not like some somebody just came up with it. But in any event, all right. So Geo, who won uh, stage two? Well, stage two had I think the um, best like run to the finish, and that was taken by Brad Keselowski. That was pretty exciting. That was that that got me. That got me jumping. Because, I mean, we all kind of laugh because we're like, holy cow. Like, it, almost at one point, you thought they could have wrecked each other. It was basically, uh, wasn't it Denny and Brad coming down to the end of stage two? And uh, Brad, you know, had passed Denny. Denny passed Brad. It was They were going back and forth. They were knocking door to door. And we thought, oh, my goodness. Like, this was an exciting end to a stage. And it was, it could have been the end of the race. And we would have been like, wow, what an end to that race. So, very, very exciting and uh, yeah, so Brad Brad ended up uh, leading that. Uh, and uh, why don't you take us through the rest of the race? Who ended up winning and what ended up happening? Well, Brad had a pretty dominant car, stayed out in the lead, and actually took home the W. So he got himself another crab. <laughs> yeah, is this lobster? Lobster. Lobster. Lo- lobster. Was this his, was this his? So he's won this race before. Yes. So I was, I, even though Denny Hamlin came in second and he actually did really well too. I mean, he led 10 different times. I mean, you think about, you know, how dominant a car is. You have to look at how many laps the car leads, right? So uh, Brad led the most. He led 184 out of 301. That's pretty dominant. The other way to look at how dominant a car is to look at how many times did that driver go up and lead? Because, you know, with with pit stops and and changes throughout the race, people are going to pass people, you know, and Danny was able to take the lead 10 different times. Brad was eight. So, but Brad led the most important lap, which was the last one. And he, he really led the last 80 of the race. Um, but he, Danny had a very dominant car. And at one point, because I, I didn't realize this, Denny has won this race before and they were showing on TV that he has a phobia of lobsters, lobster phobia. And what do they do, Johan, at the end of the race? If you win this race, what do you get as one of your trophies? You also get as a trophy, not really a lobster fresh from the sea. It's a live lobster, right? So what's the deal with that? Do you like do they give it to them to like cook it and eat it? You know, that's a or is it a pet? I, no, I, I think they eat it because somebody it who was it? Kurt Bush had even said he had tweeted earlier in the night in the day. He had said that he was hoping to get lobster tail at the end of the night on the way home, I guess, on his flight home. So I think they eat the lobster, I would assume. I yeah, know. I saw um, they actually showed a funny picture of uh, they were handing it to Denny Hamlin and you could see him running away from the lobster. Like he held it right for the photo. And then yeah, as soon as he was done, he like, like he just he was out. Yeah, he's like, I'm good. So I'm guessing if he has a phobia of lobsters, he doesn't eat them either? I mean, I don't know. I mean, well, he has a phobia of maybe a live one. Maybe if it's cooked on his plate, it's a different story. I'm sure he's had lobster, but yeah. Maybe, maybe he eats them just to be like, that's a strange phobia. 
I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe he just eats them. If there's too. ever a NASCAR race with snakes, you know I will not be touching that. So, Well, when I'm a NASCAR driver um, and I went at the, mo- uh, the, um, lo- the Magic Mile, I will not eat that crumb lobster. I'll just um hold it, put it in my trophy case. So well, you'll have to have like an aquarium. I was going to say, you need an aquarium You're gonna so keep that it, it lives alive? in there. Is Wait, it alive? I thought it's I thought, I thought it's, it's dead. No, no, this, thought- no, this one's alive. The, otherwise, that's why I think that's why they have, if you look at the pictures, the oh, yeah. uh, claws are are wrapped. So they wouldn't do it if they didn't have to. And so I, I assume it's alive. And Actually, hold I'll, it up. It's fresh. I'll just give it to the people and tell them to put it back in the ocean and let it free. <laughs> okay. You'll, you'll free the lobster. That's that awesome. works too. Um, speaking of Brad, um, we got a big announcement today, right? About yeah. His- so, so, uh, what was the announcement that that related to Brad? I mean, he won yesterday, right? He did really well. And what happened today? Brad Brad has decided to have a contract extension with Penske for one year. Well, I think the decision was really to sign the contract extension. They offered yeah. it to him, and he, yeah, so he'll be back in a Penske car for at least another year. And we'll see. I mean, that basically gives, I think, Penske another year to kind of negotiate and see where he's going to be in the years to come. I was really hoping Brad could lose Penske because I want some driver changes. Where would you want Brad to go? Maybe Storehouse, um, um, Chip Ganassi, um, Hendricks. What, so wait, let's talk about Hendrick real quick. Where Did you want him to take over the 48? I don't know. That was a big rumor. Honestly, I was starting to think that that was going to happen, that he was going to take over the 48. I don't know if he's going to go, if I want him to go to 48. Would you have, would you have still been a 48 fan had he been driving that car? Yes. No matter what, um, the roll times, I will be a 48 fan, even if it's Matt Kansas. Oh, bold statement there. I'm going to lock you in your room, y'all. Man, Rick Hendrick, you, you got yourself a fan right here. That boy, wow, to say that, that's bold. All right, well, you are a 48 That's not bold, that's disgusting. (laughs) That's his, hey, that's his car number, man. So, well, that's, wow, that's bold. Uh, So, okay, so Brad's going to stay another year at at Penske. And, you know, it was kind of interesting. So I was listening to, um, you know, some interviews after the race. And uh, NASCAR and uh, Fox uh, sports reporter um, Bob Pockerist was interviewing uh, Brad Kozlowski, uh, the night of the race. So this was Sunday night, and obviously the announcement for the win was actually um, Monday. Um, and so during that interview, he'd asked Brad what he thought about free agency in NASCAR. I joke around about I'm not much of a Brad fan and all that, but the man can drive, can't argue that, and he's a straight shooter. And what he was saying I thought was – was kind of insightful in terms of free agency in NASCAR. He said because of, not just because of COVID, but because there are so many newer drivers coming into the sport with essentially paid rides, it's changed the market for these marquee drivers. So now, instead of the owners thinking about how much I got to pay the top talent, it, it, it basically pushes the market, in, in this case, how much the drivers are going to get paid down because a, a, a team owner can actually get another guy to come in because they have a sponsor that's lined up with them and and basically fund 
the car and fund that team. And we talked about this. NASCAR's lifeblood are the sponsors. So if you have a sponsor, you know, that that your dad or your your family or you're connected some way, somehow to and they're willing to say, hey, I'm going to put you I want I will sponsor this car, but this is my driver. That that's a very different thing that is just really unheard of in any other major sport. And and again, you can say what you want about Brad. He's a champion. He's won multiple times year in and year out. He is. You think if he makes it in that top four, he has another chance to win another championship. He's always driving uh, near the front and he's either getting top fives or, or winning the race. He is one of the reasons why I think Penske is as strong as it as they are. If they're not the top team in NASCAR right now, you can argue it's them and Joe Gibbs and and Hendrick, right? Uh, and Stuart Haas. So those are like the top, top teams. And I think Brad was a big part of helping move Penske in that way. So you cannot argue his talent. You cannot argue what he brings to the team. He's very experienced. He's been in the in the in the cup series for I think over 10 years. And yet he is a free agent and he signed a one-year deal. That's just that's shocking to me, to be honest. And 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 he obviously knew what he was talking about the night before when he's saying the pressure on the teams is just different, not just because of COVID, but because you have so many drivers that come in now with sponsors or basically paid rides. And it makes it difficult for an owner to say, well, I'm willing to forgo this sponsor to fund my team because I like this driver. That driver be better be really, really good. And Brad is. He is. So it's interesting to see how this played out. Even though this doesn't make any sense, since we already talked about the um, New Hampshire race, I want to rewind earlier because I have a new hashtag this week. Oh, goodness. Who hit... Who hit Jimmy Johnson this week? Clint Boyer. Whoa, 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 whoa. I like Clint Boyer. So what are you I sure? I thought you said it was Garrett Smithley. Are you yeah. sure it was his fault? I changed my mind because Garrett Smithley was nowhere near Jimmy Johnson. I watched Neither that replay. was Clint Boyer. Jim- if you're going to have a hashtag, how about hashtag Magic Mile Road Stink? Well, I, so let me say, normally I won't agree because I do think that Johan goes a little overboard with his... Um, Hashtag. Hashtag whoever driver touches my driver, Jimmy Johnson, stinks. But I will say this, and it was actually kind of funny. I think they overheard, if if you were listening, we didn't listen to it, but I saw it as a tweet. Uh, Jimmy Johnson was overheard basically yelling into his radio of whether to ask the question very sarcastically of whether or not Clint Boyer had a spotter. Because Clint Boyer basically just turned right into where Jimmy Johnson was as if nobody was spotting for Clint Boyer. So Jimmy Johnson wasn't very happy with Clint Boyer. So this week, I would say Jimmy Johnson might actually agree with you to say hashtag Clint Boyer stinks. Clint Boyer stinks. But I I like Clint Boyer. I, I don't know. I can't explain why he decided to just turn where he was. And maybe his, his uh, spotter was distracted. Wasn't paying attention or Clint made a move quicker than he could anticipate, but he did kind of turn into a lane and really didn't give Jimmy Johnson any space. And when it ended up happening, Jimmy kind of spun out. Now, that was early in the race, wasn't it? What what lap was that? Do you remember? It was lap 64. So out of 301 when that happened. And I will say this. What's impressive is the fact that at one point late in the race, your guy was in the top 10, I think even up the top five, right? Like late in the race. Now, 
He did fade back. And where did he end up finishing? 12. 12. So, I mean, he did fade back, but he got a solid top 12 this week. Um, and he was able to recover. So it didn't like end his day. Uh, but he was clearly frustrated and it, and it probably did damage the car somewhat. Had it not been damaged, maybe he would have stayed in the top five or even the top 10. So anyway, uh, why doesn't uh, somebody take us through the top five and then we'll go right into our race picks. So the top five finishers were Kevin Harvick in fifth, Joe Logano in fourth, Martin Truex Jr. in third, Denny Hamlin in second, and your winner, Brad Kozlowski. All right. So uh, Sebastian, who's who, who, who did well in our race picks this week? Because it was all over the board for a few of us. Well, the ones who didn't do good included me picking Kyle Busch, who got 38th, Mom picking Ryan Blaney, who got 20th. As for the ones who did good, we have Jail picking Tyler Reddick, who got 10th. Yeah. This guy has gotten me Johan every time I pick got him. Kevin Harvick, who got 5th, and then Dad picked Martin Tricks Jr. with a 3rd place finish. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, I thought he could have had a chance to win. And for the most part, it looked like your mom and I were flip flop throughout the race. I think at one point, Karen, you were thinking, oh, you're going to have a really good day. You might even have a chance to win. And I was outside the top 10. Once again, he was dominating stage one and two. And And stayed out. And again, stayed out during pits. I don't know, whatever. And then once again, this is like the second week in a row that I choose him. That I choose Blaney and he finishes like in 20th position while he was like in the top five during stage one and two. And then, yes, at one point when my guy was up in the top five, your guy was out of the top 10. So I was laughing. So I was like, ha ha, Tony's not getting points today. And I almost had a win there. But, you know, I actually I don't think he had a strong enough car to pass Denny or or Brad, but it was nice to see him in the top three. Uh, and then Johan had uh, Kevin Harvick. You picked hashtag Kevin Harvick stinks. He didn't stink this week, did he? No, he was the original hashtag um, 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 hashtag. So um, he's not memorable for the first ever hashtag. <laughs> yes, but you were very happy to see where he ran and you were hoping he was going to get up there and maybe uh, mix it up with Denny and Brad. I think at one point they said late in the race, he actually had the fastest car uh, going down if they had actually another restart because I think they ran the last 80 or so laps green. Had they had a restart near the end, Kevin Harvick seemed to have a really, yeah, really he had strong a, he car. had a very, very strong car. He, he had worked his way back up. So not surprising that he finished top five. So, so after another week of race picks, Sebastian, why don't you take us through our standings? Johan is in the lead with 11 points with dad in second, right behind him. Mom hasn't been getting a lot of points. So she's in third. I don't I'm think she's got anything in the last three weeks. Nope. No, she hasn't. In fact, she's all gotten all her I've picks in the last three, three weeks. 20, 20, 20. You need to stop picking Ryan Blaney. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> because when you don't pick him, he does well. So I picked Denny Hamlin and he came in 20th. Then I picked uh, Ryan, Ryan Blaney. Blaney came in 20th. Then I picked Ryan Blaney again and 20th. came in 20th. You need to. Three I, sets of 20. I don't That's know. Maybe bad. you should go play the lotto or something. <laughs> That's 12, 12 and, and 11. Something about the 11s, the 12s, and 20. Ooh, that's good. Num- those are good numbers. 11, 12, 20. All right, let's see what happens fourth week in a row. And then we got some lotto numbers. So how are you and, and Giovanni doing? I'm having the same problem with as mom. I'm not getting any points, so I'm in fourth. And 
Geo, despite the fact that you literally did not get any points for like, I think the first couple of weeks, you have been on a steady course getting more points and you're doing good. Yeah, I'm still in last, but uh, I just realized if I had picked Joey this week, I would have tied with Sebastian. Well, how many uh, how many weeks in a row now have you gotten points? I think like three. No, I think I got three in a row, and then I skipped a week or something. And now you got another point. So yeah, you're doing you're doing all right. So, uh, all right. Well, Sebastian, where are we going next week? We're gonna have another doubleheader this time at Michigan Speedway. First up, the Fire Keepers Casino three twelve on Saturday, August eighth. And then you've got the Consumers Energy 312 Sunday, August 9th. So shorter races, but it makes sense because you're running basically a doubleheader on a Saturday and a Sunday. And uh, so it'll be kind of interesting to see how it all plays out. Whoever we pick this week as our race picks, remember, those will count for two weeks uh, or two races. So uh, essentially the Saturday and the Sunday race. So do we want to start with Johan because you're leading you get to make the first pick for this next weekend's races Kevin Harvick hashtag Kevin Harvick thanks for a guy that had so much frustration with him and and anger you really like what he's doing this year you're starting to become a believer you're thinking he's doing really well so we'll put you down for Kevin Harvick all right so for me who am I gonna pick well Honestly, I mean, I got to go with Denny Hamlin right now. Like, the man's on fire. Besides Kevin, I think Denny right now is having the best season. Uh, You know, he started out winning Daytona 500. He's been, you know, again, besides Kevin, the most consistent top five driver. And he's won a league high five races. So I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin because I get to pick him because I'm in second place. Karen? You got next pick. Who are you going with? Well, I'm definitely not going with Ryan Blaney. Why not? Actually, if I was a driver, I would actually advocate for you not to pick me because you'll probably end up in 20th place again. Actually, it would have been interesting had you picked like a Denny Hamlin or a, or a Brad Keselowski. And if they finish in 20th, there is something going on with you in that. Okay, well, place. actually, I'm going to pick Brad Keselowski. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm staying with Penske, but I'm going with Brad Keselowski. All right, guys, if if Brad ends back back. up in 20th place, there is something going on. No, no, this week it's going to be it's going to be a back to back. Oh wait, but it's the same driver for the same race, right? Yeah. Ooh. Mm. What right, if she gets fine. 220th? That'd be crazy. Okay, no, I'm still going to go with Brad Keselowski. All right, bad I don't, Brad. I don't think he'll win both of the races, but he will have he'll win one of them. Well, you think you're going to have a really good weekend because the last time we had a double in the Pocono, I mean, the top two drivers basically flip flop, so they did exactly. really well. I know, I know, um, who won last um, year's Michigan race, Kevin Harvick, so that's why I choose him. Well, that's that's a good pick. We'll see. All right, Seabass, who you got? I'm going with Eric Armarola. That's a solid pick. He was up there. I think this, they said, is like ninth or tenth straight race with a top ten finish, the best in his career. So the man is definitely driving really, really well. And Stuart Haas keeps putting out great cars, evident by Kevin Harvick and, and obviously what Eric Amarola is doing. So that's a solid pick. All right, Gio, who you got this week? So I think he might win one race and then get a solid top ten, top five to the next race. Joey Logano. All right. A little bit of a homer pick, but you know what? I can't argue with it. He's doing real. He's starting to warm up a little bit. 
And, and he was one of the Michigan winners last year. Yeah. And uh, this is a strong track for Fords. Being Michigan, Ford, it's always important for them to do well. So I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Logano puts his uh his blue oval up at the front next week. So all right, so we got a double coming up this weekend. And now it's Tony Six Degrees of NASCAR, where Tony tries to connect pop culture with NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation. Sebastian, it's your week this week. Who am I connecting to NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation? All right. So I'm picking Vincent de Onofrio. I So Vincent de Onofrio. Yes. It's Italian. Got to learn to roll those R's, man. All right. So Vincent de Onofrio. So he's a big Hollywood star. For those that are listening, he's actually someone that if you see his face, you're like, oh, I know who that guy is. He's been in a lot of big movies, a lot of television. He's actually been in Hollywood since 1983. He's an extremely talented actor. He's played some really important roles in some really big movies. So just to name a few, he was Vic Hoskins, the basically the villain in Jurassic World. Uh, the phenomenon that brought Jurassic Park back a few years ago. He also played in the late 90s, another villain type role. He was uh, basically a man disguised as a cockroach in Men in Black. So he played that in 1997, Men in Black. And I will say, arguably, he is the greatest villain in any Marvel franchise because he played Wilson Fisk, otherwise known as Kingpin, in the Netflix series Daredevil. And for my kids, unfortunately, you're not old enough and you're not allowed to watch it because it is a extremely dark Marvel series, but very well done. He's an excellent, excellent actor. But he is probably best known to most people listening to this as Detective Robert Gorin in Law & Order Criminal Intent. And you probably hear the, the sound that goes with that, right? He was there for 10 years. And so how do I connect in the NASCAR? Well, this week, I think I'm going to let Karen take us through it. Well, Tony, there was one movie that you missed that he was in. And that is, for those of us that grew up in the 80s, there is a movie called Adventures in Babysitting. And he played Dawson. He was the mechanic. He had a small role. And he was the mechanic that Sarah thought was Thor. In Adventures in Babysitting, the lead star was Elizabeth Shue. Elizabeth Shue was also in Back to the Future Part 2 and 3. Also in Back to the Future was Leah Thompson. And in 2014, Leah Thompson was in Season 19 of Dancing with the Stars with none other than NASCAR driver Michael Waltrip. Oh, wow. That's impressive. So what's that? That's like four degrees of separation there. Wow, that's awesome. And that is how you connect Vincent Dionofrio to NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation. So, okay, as we get ready to wrap up this week's episode and we get into our last segment, Racing Through Life, it's kind of interesting because this was our first hurricane 
that came through this week and actually thought that uh, there was potential at one point that it was going to impact the race, but it ended up coming in late Sunday night, so it didn't impact anything on the East Coast. Uh, Unfortunately for us, it stayed out in the ocean and really didn't impact us at all. Um, Yeah, for us, it wasn't really a hurricane, more just like a barely anything of like a drizzle. Yeah, I I mean, I know Johan was a little disappointed. I thought there was going to be like thunder, lightning, rain, so bad winds of like 100 miles per hour and everybody run. But nope, that didn't happen, which again, we're not complaining. Thank God it wasn't anything worse. And uh, but this is kind of the reason why Floridians have a reputation for not really caring or stressing out when hurricanes come, because it's kind of a way of life until it actually hits us and then we have to deal with it. Uh, You know, the other big story this week that I think is kind of interesting is that the NBA, you know, I've talked a lot about the NBA over the past few weeks, is kicking off their regular season in the Disney bubble. And uh, we know that uh, it's going to be a unique season because basically the teams that are there are going to play eight games to to seed the playoffs. And uh, then they're going to get into their playoffs and and, and have the full playoffs all here in in Orlando and at Disney World. So the reason I bring that up again is that Again, it, you look at what NASCAR has done to bring the sport back, and they went the route of starting out racing with no fans in the stands. They're limiting the amount of uh, crewmen that can be out and do the pit stops. I mean, there was one story of a team that had a, uh, a couple crew chiefs or a couple teams had their crew chiefs suspended. And normally you have another guy that'll step up, but they're, they're limiting how many people are coming to the to the track every week that these crew chiefs are actually having to play more than just the role of sitting up top and can, you know, kind of leading. They actually may have to like be a guy that's moving tires or getting equipment or, or actually participating in pit stops just to help, you know, help the teams. And so it just, it complicates things. The point is all of these major sport leagues kind of have taken a different approach. And, uh, and fortunately for us, you know, from a NASCAR perspective, it seems like NASCAR's approach has done really well. Um, you know, there has been a driver, Jimmy Johnson was, was diagnosed with, uh, the, or, or tested positive for coronavirus. Um, but they did their protocols and he tested negative and now he's back and you really haven't heard of an entire team having to like shut down or suspend operations. And then you look at the NBA, thankfully, again, once you're in that bubble, it seems like so many, you know, they're doing testing on a regular basis and we're not hearing anybody getting it once they're in the bubble not to say that's going to happen the entire time but it's quite limited and then you look at america's pastime you look at major league baseball and it's a mess and as a sports fan i'm actually kind of nervous that i don't think baseball if they don't get their act together and these teams don't take this more serious they're they might have to shut down their their season again because you start last week there was a big story about the marlins in philadelphia where like 12 or 13 players and coaches got coronavirus and they were basically stuck in their hotel. You had the New York Yankees that flew to Philadelphia to play the Phillies, but they didn't want to go in the visitors uh, clubhouse because the Marlins were there and they had coronavirus. So they're like, no. So baseball basically, I think, canceled or postponed that series. And then just today I heard St. Louis Cardinals were getting ready to play and several players and coaches got it. And they basically postponed that series. And you hear other players that are either saying I'm not playing anymore or they're being, you know, testing, they're testing positive for it. So it's just it's crazy. It's a reminder, unfortunately, of the situation. We're not out of the woods. Coronavirus is a real thing. You got to take precautions. And if you become too comfortable 
you could have the season shut down if you're a sports or, or you know, your your life could change if you end up contracting or getting it. I'm surprised that um, that baseball didn't like take precaution or take different measures when it came to their sport. Because, like, you know, we talked about NASCAR and how they first started. They came back without fans and limited um, crew members. And then the NBA has the bubble. And so I'm surprised that um, Major League Baseball didn't do anything similar to that or take some, you know, ideas from that and try it with theirs. And I know they don't have, you know, fans in the stands, but something went wrong when there are teams that are coming, you know, with many of them, you know, testing positive with coronavirus. So I just I don't know if they just thought figured, well, since we don't have fans in the stands, then, you know, we're good to go. But, you know, what about these players who are still at home in their hometowns and we they don't know, you know, how who they're associating with and what they're doing in their pastime. So, you know, they didn't do some a controlled. I don't think they did a controlled environment for them. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't understand. Why and they didn't do and that. you think about the big difference between baseball and NASCAR. Baseball teams are traveling by air and not to say that air travel is going to make you more susceptible, but it's just different than driving by cars and trucks, which is how NASCAR is transporting. And NASCAR made decisions about what tracks they were going to go to that were closest to North Carolina, the base. I mean, this New Hampshire race was actually kind of a big deal. This is like one of the furthest races they've done from their hub in North Carolina since the start of the restart of the season, this one and the Indianapolis race. And that was kind of a big deal. And, you know, people have been a bit nervous. Another kind of story or tweet that I saw that was significant is Bristol uh, tweeted, or actually it might've been, um, it might've been um, Bob Pockerus or another uh, NASCAR reporter that basically said two, it's been what, two weeks or three weeks since Bristol had their race event. And, you know, they checked the hospitals and the, the health systems in the area. And there hasn't been a significant spike of coronavirus um, in those areas. And I think maybe it was because of the way that NASCAR took precautions and things like that. So, um, which, you know, makes me feel a little bit more comfortable because as we mentioned before in last week's episode, we're planning to go to a race in Daytona in a couple of weeks. And so, you know, NASCAR is taking it pretty serious. And I think it's one reason why we're considering even going. And that's something that baseball and even non-sports stuff like Florida, Florida needs to do. They need to start taking more precautions. The NBA hasn't gotten any cases and NASCAR's few cases have been very quick. Like Jimmy Johnson, you mentioned, got tested positive, but he just was quarantined for a week and he was able to go back to racing. Yeah. Well, the big thing in that story was it didn't spread, you know, like the other team members were all tested and nobody else had it. Well, they should just cancel baseball and give the World Series to the team that has the best record. There hasn't been a lot of baseball right now. So I actually, I, that's a great, that's a great point. We should see who's leading right now. Who would Johan have awarded the World Series to? I think the Cubs have been doing pretty well. So maybe they're, uh, they would be the uh, World World Series champions. One thing I do want to say is honestly, I think that these athletes should kind of help be role models. Like they should wear their masks. They should take the precautions and then like people will be like okay these people are doing it maybe we should do it too and i feel like if the um if the mlb is not going to be taking that seriously and they've been getting coronavirus a bunch of them um i don't think that's going to help and maybe they haven't taken precautions they've just been getting it and uh, I, yeah i just 
I think um, they should try to be more of role models and NASCAR can help with that because they've been uh, very safe and taking a lot of the precautions. Let's talk about the MLB and their problems with COVID-19 kind of makes me worried about the NFL. And I'm thinking like the problem with MLB and how it could also apply to the NFL is that it's not like NASCAR where all the teams go to one place to do their sport. A bunch of people go to different places and it's going to be hard to then contain it because you those people will go to this place and then go to another one. That's a that's a great point. And I actually thought about that, too. I was like, it, could they could the NFL come up with their own bubble? Uh, you know, and and I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know where they would be able to do that. But that's a great point. Like, how are they going to respond to starting their season? I've heard some players say they didn't even want to play. Some play, you know, some, you know, reporters are saying maybe it's not worth it, the risk and all that. So it, it's pretty it'll be pretty interesting. You know, again, crossing our fingers, NASCAR and and at least the NBA can get their seasons done without any major um, episodes of, of the coronavirus spreading. I know for the NFL and like other sports, if they don't want to get the covid they can just play like Major League Baseball, the show twenty, um, online, or like um, Madden twenty, Madden twenty one online, or maybe, maybe they hockey, should do that, or those other sports online. So, so again, take another page from NASCAR, right? Do the virtual version of it. Mm-hmm. They can play online the games, like let's say all the players go to their team, and then. They play online against the other team, and then the peop- the company of the ga- game station will ban everybody who's not a team, a player. So only the, the NFL, only the professionals can play in this league. Yes, but the people who want to play online can still play, but not online. Okay, well, you never know. I mean, if the way baseball's going, that might be the only way they can finish their season. So yeah, guys, it's going to be an interesting, you know, next few months, and we'll see what happens with with coronavirus and and with these sports leagues and just with the world in general. You know, I think it's not, you know, surprising to say that uh, pretty much everyone's tired of having to deal with it. Um, but it doesn't mean that we have to just kind of forget about it and not take precautions. And so, you know, I think the more precautions you take, the better we can get back to being normal uh, sooner. And I think that's really the hope for everybody. So again, you know, continued, uh, you know, prayers and and thinking good things for people that are dealing with it on the front lines and, you know, hoping that we can get to a point where there's a vaccine or something soon, you know, so we can get back to to normal life as we know it. But in any event, it's been an interesting week. So we got a double header coming up this Sunday and Saturday. So uh, Giovanni, why don't you take us out? Well, guys, that's actually going to wrap up this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening on in. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and download our podcast episode so you can listen to us whenever you want. Let's go racing family out. <laughs>